you won't be so excited when you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I just say, just giving you the heads up. Um, it's great to be with you this morning. I hope you had a good half term. And just want to echo Carrie's welcome to you if you're visiting here this morning. We just loving, have, love having visitors among us. And uh, just hope you feel really welcome here, that you feel really at home, that God speaks to you and you meet with him. And we all go away different. That's what it's all about, isn't it? When we meet with God, all going away different and knowing him more and receiving his love. And I particularly want to welcome you. If you're here this morning and you wouldn't say that you're a Christian yet, you haven't made that decision to give your life to Jesus, maybe you're looking in and wondering, is this all really real? I just really hope that this morning you encounter God and that you know how much he loves you, how eager he is to meet with you. You are so welcome here, and I hope you enjoy the rest of our morning together. Well, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I get to do part two of um, our new series, which is called Fresh Fire. That was better than this morning's meeting. Fresh Fire, and basically... We are, it's exciting because we're taking some time as a church community to remember some of the journey God's taken us on over the last several years of learning what it is to allow the, the presence and the power and the life of God to flow through us so that we can impact wherever we go and see God's kingdom advance through us, through the people we meet in our workplaces, in the church, in our families, wherever we find ourselves. And God has taken us on a journey of learning what it looks like to allow the, the river of the Holy Spirit to flow through us. And we're going to revisit some of that material. And for some of you, it might be stuff you've heard before. And I just want to encourage you, stir your faith and expectation because the truth is that God has spoken to us about there being more for us. I don't know about you, but I know that I need more freedom. I know that I need more breakthrough, that there is more for me. And so if that's your situation, stir faith in your heart and be expectant of God wants, what God wants to do in you. And for some of you who've joined us more recently, you maybe you've not heard this material before, I want encourage you, get excited because it is going to impact you and it is going to transform and change your life. And we are going to see fresh fire fall on us and see more of God break in, in, in our church family, but also wherever we find ourselves. And Simon did a great job at kicking us off last week. He talked about the fact that the promise for us as believers, what Jesus says to us is, if anyone is thirsty, come to me and drink. Anyone who believes in me, out of the inside of them will flow rivers of living water. What he meant by that was the Holy Spirit. That our inheritance as believers is that the Holy Spirit wants to work in us, but also flow through us, his power and his life to impact the world around us. But Simon talked about how God spoke to us several years ago now about certain rocks that can be in our heart and in our thinking that stop the powerful flow of the Spirit going through us and clog up our hearts. And if I was being mean, I would test you to see if you could remember the three rocks that he looked at last week. I'm sure you can all remember, but in case you can't, the three rocks that he looked at last week were self-reliance, judgments, and unbelief. And he talked about how we need to go on a journey of repenting, of changing the way we think to deal with those rocks so they get dislodged from our hearts so that the Holy Spirit can flow through us. Well, I don't know if you know, but there are actually two more rocks that can get in the way of God's presence flowing through us. And those are the rocks of fear and control. Can I get an amen? <laughs> And I don't know if this will be good news for you or not, but as I've been preparing, I felt God speak to me about focusing on just one of those rocks. 
And you can place bets if you're a betting person as to which one I'm going to go for. Um, because I felt like he said to me, he wants to take it deeper. He doesn't want us to just look at it on the surface, but he wants us to really dig deep with this particular rock and deal with some of the roots that clog up our hearts so that we can step into freedom from this particular rock. And the rock I'm going to go after is the rock of fear. There was a yes here and a... (laughs) I feel your pain. Think about the one who's had to prepare this. Um, the, 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 The... The funny thing is when we started out on this journey of looking to get stuff out of our hearts and get freed up, what we realized very quickly, particularly when it came to opportunities to see God's kingdom come, to pray for the sick, to prophesy, to speak to people about Jesus, we realized very quickly that we were packed full of fear. There was a lot of fear in our hearts. I I remember going out on the streets and... um, learning how to approach people in, the, in, a, in, in a normal way, the most normal way we possibly could when we had fear oozing out of us at the thought of speaking to strangers on the streets. And, and we used to do something called treasure hunting. Uh, put your hand up if you've never heard of treasure hunting. Okay, so most of you know what I'm talking about. But basically what it was, you spent some time with Jesus, you ask him for clues about the people that you might meet when you go onto the streets under different headings. So where they might be, what they might look like, what they might be wearing, what kind of things they might need prayer for. And then you go out together to look for your treasure. And you look around the town and find the people that God has spoken to you about. And then you approach them and and get into conversation and see what God will do. Well, I remember going one particular occasion with a friend called Allie Green. It was her first ever treasure hunt, and I'd been a few times and the, 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 the frustrating thing about that is that when you're the more experienced one, you have to take the lead. I was, I was just racked with fear. And I remember two of my clues were red coat and black boots. And really quickly uh, that we went out into the town, we saw this lady across Pigeon Square. We were at Superdrug. And they were actually fitting, I think they were fitting the fountains at the time. So there was metal fencing all around Pigeon Square. And across the other side of the fencing, fencing we saw a lady walking with her daughter with a long red coat and black boots. And, um, and so Ali, we both spotted her, and my internal reaction was, oh no. And Ali said, look, there she is. And I was like, ah. And, uh, and so we knew that God was pointing her out, and I was hoping that we would lose her. She was actually heading off to Woolworths. <laughs> By the time we got round, I was hoping maybe she would have disappeared, uh, but she hadn't. And we followed her into Woolworths, and she was looking at DVDs, and we got into a conversation with her. And we got to share other clues with her. We ended up praying for her wrist, actually, that was in a, in a cast. And uh, told her about Jesus and, and then left. And uh, Ali gave me some helpful feedback after. She said, I didn't realize um, how quickly you speak when you're afraid. <laughs> and I had no idea, but apparently I just whistled through the whole thing in a desperate attempt to stop having to speak to a stranger in Woolworths and... Uh, Bless her, I I hope I loved her okay, but really it was all about how quickly can I get out of this encounter because I was so filled with fear. I don't know if you can relate. But what I find interesting when it comes to the rock of fear is that I don't think the main issue is to do with the fear that you feel. Because the reality is now, 10 or plus years later, I still feel fear. I still have that tug of fear in my heart Uh, In lots of different settings, but particularly when I'm about to speak to someone on the streets, there's still that tug of fear of, am I going to do this or not? And honestly, it's got less than it was as I've changed my thinking, as I've repented, as I've made choices to push through the fear. But I do think, to a certain degree, it's always going to be there because what it does do is it means I have to lean into Jesus. 
I have to depend on him. It, it stops me falling into self-reliance and thinking I can do it in my own strength. And so I think feeling the fear is not the main issue. I think the issue is how we respond to the fear we feel. How do you respond to the fear that you feel? And I think when the fear we feel stops us from being obedient to God, then we need to repent. And we need to change our thinking. And we need to get fresh revelation from the Holy Spirit that the reality is that the God of the universe has our backs. The God of the universe says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm never going to reject you. I'm always going to be with you. And we've got to understand that he is with us and realize that he is with us as we take steps of faith and courage. We've got to change our thinking so that when we feel the fear, we respond differently. And you know, there are lots of kind of fears we could talk about this morning. And again, I don't know if this is going to be good news for you or not, but I felt like God said to focus in on just one. Again, to be able to take it to a deeper place. And particularly when it comes to bringing the kingdom, you know, you can have the fear of what people will think about you. You can have the fear of being misunderstood. You can have the fear of taking a risk and it all going horribly wrong or the fear of praying for someone and nothing happen, happening. But I feel like God has spoken about me looking at a fear that I think underpins all of the rest of those fears, and it's this. It's the fear of rejection. Just turn to the person next to you and say, this isn't an issue for me, but you might need to listen really carefully. (laughs) The fear of rejection. When it, when it comes to the fear of rejection, if you live with the fear of rejection, particularly when it comes to opportunities to advance God's kingdom and to take a risk and to offer to pray or prophesy or whatever it looks like, I think there's two main camps you can fall into in terms of your response because of your fear of rejection. The first is this. On the one end of the sliding scale, our default response to the fear of being rejected is to try harder. To limit our likelihood of being rejected by being the best possible version of ourselves so that we are accepted by everyone around us. And if you are on this end of the spectrum, you will work really hard to meet the expectations of everyone around you, whether they're real expectations or perceived expectations. You will work really hard to live up to everyone's expectations so that you can be accepted by them. You will try to prove your value and your worth through what you do. It will all be about your performance and succeeding and getting results and outcomes. And your choice to try harder, sadly, will quickly tip you into self-reliance, where you are looking to your own strength and your own efforts to avoid rejection and make sure you stay in a place of being accepted. And if you're on this end of the spectrum, you are going to quickly head off to um, burnout, and tiredness. On the other end of the spectrum, our default response to the fear of being rejected is to hide, to limit our likelihood of being rejected by others by staying hidden, by staying out of sight, by not showing people who we really are. And if you're at this end of the spectrum, you will avoid taking risks and walking through fear and stepping out of your comfort zone because you don't want the spotlight to be on you, and you certainly don't want to be seen to be making a mistake, and so you will avoid taking risks. And you might struggle to understand what your strengths and your gifts are, but if you do know what they are, you'll want to keep them quiet 
because you don't want to be exposed or feel seen, and so you just would rather blend in and not be seen for your gifts and your strengths. And if you're at this end of the spectrum, you'll put your Christian mask firmly in place, and you won't want people to see who you really are in case they reject you. And if you're down this end, you are quickly heading towards drying up because the way that life and energy flows through us is when we say yes to the things God's called us to and when we step into who God has called us to be. Just turn to the person next to you and say, if I were to lean one way or the other today, which, which would be my default response? Now, of, of course, depending on the situation or circumstance you're in or the people you're around, you might swing either way. That is very possible. But I feel like, again, I just want to do the pincer movement just one more time. And I feel like God said that he wants me to focus on the side of those who hide. And look at this morning, how and why should we come out of hiding and actually instead choose to be seen and choose to be known. And how that will dislodge fear from our hearts that get in the way of the Spirit being able to flow through us so that we can be everything God's called us to be. Because, you know, the reality is the enemy loves it when you hide. He loves it when you hide. Because when you hide, you can't fully embrace all that God has called you to be or to do. And the enemy loves that because you can't have the impact you've been called to have and you can't access the freedom that Jesus has won for you on the cross. And what I want to encourage us this morning is that when we feel the fear of the fear of being rejected, that we fight the urge to hide and that instead we make a choice to be seen and to be known. I want to give you a couple of reasons why you want to do that this morning. The first is this so that we can access our gifts and God's calling on our lives. You know, the reality is that we're not alone when it comes to fear robbing us of our gifts. The Apostle Paul, when he wrote to his spiritual son Timothy, wrote this in 2 Timothy 1. He says to Timothy, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. What's going on here? Well, it seems that Timothy has received a gift from God as Paul prayed for him, but that somewhere along the line, fear has got in the way and is robbing him of stepping into the gift that God has given him. And Paul is writing to remind him to say, Timothy, remember what God did when I laid hands on you. God gave you a gift. Don't let fear rob you. You have not been given a spirit of fear. That's not who you are. Wake this thing up again. Fan it into flame. Use it. Step into it. And the truth is that each one of us in this room have been given gifts by God. Every single one of us have got gifts from God to serve each other and to serve the world around us. And each, each one of us has a calling, 
a unique calling that God has placed on our lives to have influence and impact for the kingdom wherever we find ourselves. And the reality is that those gifts and that calling get developed and grow as we have a go, as we take risks, as we make mistakes and learn and step out in faith and depend on God, as we come out of hiding. Those things grow and develop as we come out of hiding. And life flows through us. And the Holy Spirit is able to flow through us. And when we choose to come out of hiding, even when we're fearful of being rejected, we're able to have the influence and the impact God has called us to have. I just want to tell you a story of a friend of mine in this church community who I'm so proud of because I would say for a lot of her life, her battle has been with fear and anxiety. And she has flitted between putting herself out there and going back into hiding and putting herself out there and going back into hiding and... Last three years or so, God has really been working on her heart and she's been making really courageous choices to, to show people who she really is. And God began to speak to her a little while ago about having influence on a national scale. That she was to be a woman who would have a voice for those who did not have a voice for themselves and that she would have influence at a political and a governmental scale, particularly when it comes to healthcare and justice. And God began to speak to her about this and she decided to take a risk and to come out of hiding and to send an email to a contact someone else had in the House of Lords. And so she drafted this email, sent the email and now has a meeting set up with this particular person who's in the House of Lords next month to talk to them about what is in her heart and how she can play a part in seeing stuff change in this nation. How cool is that? That is amazing. She has chosen to come out of hiding and show who she really is and step into what God has said over her and now the rest is up to him. Who knows what is going to happen but it's exciting to watch the journey that she's on. So it enables us to access the gifts and the calling God has put on our lives and it enables us to have the impact that God has called us to. I think as well though, it enables us to experience the promise of life in all of its fullness that that Jesus talks about in John 10.10. Jesus says, I have come that they might have life and have life in all of its fullness. And I personally am convinced that the way that one of the ways you access life in all its fullness is when you step into who God's called you to be. And when you say yes to him, even though you're scared and you don't know what's going to happen, and when you say yes to him, something comes alive on the inside of you. Something wakes up on the inside of you when you say yes to him. You come alive. I remember um, my first ever opportunity to prophesy at the front of a church. And I, I was absolutely petrified. And honestly, it all went horribly wrong. Some of you have heard this story and now laugh at it. But back then, man alive, I just wished the floor had opened up and swallowed me whole. I, I had brought this word. Basically, a teenager on the back row had got my attention. I was, I was petrified about the whole thing. But I felt God said, just tell her that I think she's priceless. I thought, I, I can do that. I can do that. So I get up the front, and I'm holding the microphone in front of, in front of my mouth. And, and it's the first time I've ever done it. And I'm petrified, and I pick her out, and I get her to stand up. And I just, and I, the fear gets the better of me. And I said to her, God just wants you to know that he thinks you're really worthless. <laughs> That's what came out of my mouth in front of the whole church. And um, it was a shocker, to be honest with you, an absolute shocker. All that aside, all that aside, something woke up on the inside of me. 
And I knew this is something that I'm meant to be doing, even though that was not much fun. <laughs> There's something about this that God has put in my heart, and it woke something up in me, which is why I kept doing it. A bit better, hopefully. <laughs> it enables us, when we come out of hiding, even when we feel fear of rejection, to access the gifts and the calling on our lives. The second thing is this. It enables us to access intimacy with God and with each other. And this is really important. Another way I've heard intimacy described is, is this. Into me you see. Into me you see. In other words, intimacy is about allowing God and allowing those around us to see who we really are. And when Adam and Eve disobeyed God in the garden and ate the forbidden fruit, the Bible tells us that their eyes were opened and they suddenly realized that they were naked. And when they heard the Father, when they heard the Lord walking in the garden, what was their default response? They hid. They hid. And when the, when the Lord called out and said, where are you? This is what Adam said. I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. What's happened here? Adam and Eve suddenly seen their nakedness. They've seen their vulnerability. They feel exposed. They feel weak. And because of that, they feel afraid. And their fear causes them to hide from God. And their hiding means that they break the connection, the intimate connection they had with the Lord. It's so important, you guys, that when we feel vulnerable, exposed, ashamed, weak, that we fight the urge to run away from the Father and that we st instead choose to keep connected with him and fight for intimacy with him. Where everything in us wants to hide, we need to run to the Father, come to him, pursue intimacy with him. Because the reality is that the rivers of living water that Jesus promises that are going to flow through us are sourced in intimacy with the Father. That's the source. If we try to hide from him, we cut off the flow of the river that he wants to flow through us. Intimacy, sorry, hiding sabotages intimacy. When we hide, we sabotage intimacy. The problem with that is that intimacy with him is the source of the river that wants to flow through us of his presence, of his power, of his life to impact the world around us. How is your intimacy with God? How are you doing at running to him, of being connected to him? Coming out of hiding also develops deeper intimacy for us with those around us. And this is really important if we want to access the freedom that Jesus has won for us on the cross. Because here's the deal. The rocks that we've talked through over the last two weeks, one of the main ways you're going to get free of that stuff so that it doesn't block your heart up anymore is to be honest with God about it, but also to be honest with each other. To take your mask off and to show each other, hey, I've got this rock in my heart. I need help. Can you pray for me? Can you ask me questions? Can you keep me accountable on this? The way that you step into the breakthrough and the freedom that Jesus has won for you is by pursuing intimacy with each other and coming out of hiding and showing each other, this is who I really am. This is who I really am. It's at that point you can begin to step into the freedom God's got for you and the rock of fear will be dislodged from your heart as you do that.
It's why we're so passionate here at King's Arms about pursuing culture of authenticity and acceptance. It really literally changes people's lives. When we feel free to show people who we really are, our best bits and our worst bits, that's authenticity, without the fear of being judged or rejected, that's acceptance, we can deal with the stuff in our hearts and our thinking that hold us back and block the flow of God's river through us. It literally changes lives. I've seen it happen time and time again on TSM, the training school that we're part of. We run here as, as, church, as King's Arms Church. I've seen it time and time again, people coming into our culture, feeling accepted just to show everyone who they really are and to getting radical freedom and then going out and doing the things of the kingdom wherever they find themselves. Uh, we had one lady a few years ago who, when she came to the school, it was clear that she was hurting. She was very, very broken on the inside. She was angry with God. And honestly, she was wondering, is God even really, really real? And she'd been a Christian for years. And she came into our culture and I think maybe for the first time felt free to say, I don't even know if God's real. She was able to take her mask off and say, I don't even know if, I don't even know if God's real. And I am angry. And she was angry. But she came into a culture where it was okay for her to express her anger. And on one occasion, I know she was, ang she was angry about a particular um, activity we're doing, and she spoke to one of our team, and she got angry with our team member. And I was just so proud to hear of the team member's response, because rather than disciplining her for the way that she'd spoken to him, he said to her, well done for being so courageous in expressing what you're feeling. Wow. That's acceptance. And over the nine months, she was totally transformed as the rock of fear got dislodged from her heart, as doubts and unbelief got dislodged from her heart. By the end of this year, she actually came with us on a mission trip to Scotland and was prophesying over people and praying for people. It was amazing. When we come out of hiding, we can not only access intimacy with the Father, we grow in intimacy with each other and we're able to step into the freedom that Jesus has won for us. So how do we walk free from the fear of rejection? Let me just give you a couple of tips. I think the first thing is to know the truth. And when I say know the truth, I don't mean just know the truth as informational. That's a good place to start. I mean really know the truth as revelation in your hearts. The truth about who God is and his, his heart towards you, but also the truth about who he says you are, your identity in Christ. Truths like... You've not been given a spirit of fear. Do you know that? You do not have a spirit of fear. Fear is an imposter in your life. You've been given an entirely different spirit. Things like in Romans 15, when Paul writes the letter of Romans, he says, accept one another then just as Christ accepted you. You have been accepted by the God of the universe. Even if everyone else were to reject you, he accepts you. Not only that, he chooses you. He chooses you. You're important to him. He loves you with an everlasting love. We've got to know the truth in a, to a deeper place in our heart. And I could go on with truth after truth after truth of scripture. And identity is something we talk about so much here at King's Arms. Why? Because it's so foundational in us walking into freedom and being everything God has called us to be. And the truth is that we are going to be rejected you are going to experience rejection from friends, from family members, from spouses, 
from children, from work colleagues. You and I are going to face rejection, and some of you are facing terrible rejection even now. You are currently in a situation where you are experiencing terrible rejection, and the Father wants to come to you this morning with comfort and healing and restoration. But just to share from my personal journey, God is taking me on a journey of taking me to a deeper place of getting free from the fear of rejection. And what he's showing me is that more important than dealing with what other people think about me, more important than that, in order to get the truth of what God says, God says about me to a deeper place, I have actually got to examine what I think about me. Rather than worrying about what other people might think and should, will they reject me or not, I have got to examine what do I think about me. Because if my thinking about me isn't in line with what the Father says, if I am actually, deep down, rejecting parts of myself, then no wonder I'm going to fear rejection from other people because their rejection will just reinforce what I already believe about me. How are you doing at accepting and loving you? First and foremost. Because the reality is... When my thinking lines, lines up more with what the Father says about me, not only do I know the truth in my head, I'm actually able to accept it. So for the last month or so, I've identified different things that I've been believing about myself that are lies. Every morning I have a second alarm that goes off, about half an hour after I get up, and it's a prompt to me to go and look myself in the mirror and speak truth over myself. So I'm telling myself, Wendy, you are accepted you are complete in Christ. You're lacking nothing. You are beautiful. And I'm just looking at myself for a few minutes and speaking out truth to combat the wrong thinking in my mind so that I can, number one, accept myself so that I can fully receive God's acceptance. And secondly, I finish with this. In order to come out of this fear of rejection, live with this mentality of choosing 10 seconds of courage. Choose 10 seconds of courage. Choosing 10 seconds of courage could be the difference between you staying hidden and you stepping into who God's called you to be. With 10 seconds of courage, you can press send on an email to someone in the House of Lords to ask for a meeting and see what God will do. With 10 seconds of courage, you can text a friend when you know there's stuff you need to confess to someone and say, I'm really nervous about sharing this, but next time we meet up, ask me about it. With 10 seconds of courage, you can start a conversation with someone on the streets or in your workplace and see what God will do with it. What would taking 10 seconds of courage do for you? What would it look like for you this week in seeing the, the, the rock of fear dislodged from your heart so that God's spirit can flow powerfully through you so that you can step into everything God's called you to do and have the impact you're meant to have on the world around you? Let's just spend some time praying. Why don't we stand together? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to encourage you to fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Focus on him. I'm going to lead us in a prayer together, and then we'll just see what the Father's going to do. And if you're watching this online, you can pray this through with me and we're expecting you to get freedom too this morning.
So just pray this after me. Father, we repent for letting fear rule in our hearts where we have given into the fear of rejection that's caused us to hide or to try harder. Would you forgive us? Thank you, Father, that you have not given us a spirit of fear. That fear is an imposter. And Father, this morning, we choose to come out of hiding. We choose to show people who we really are. We choose to trust you with our 10 seconds of courage. And we look forward to seeing what you will do. So, Father, right now across this room, I just pray where we've confessed our sin, where we've repented, thank you that your promise is that you will rush in and you will wash us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so right now, I just pray that you'd come uh, with your presence, God, and just bring freedom. Bring freedom, Holy Spirit. Bring freedom, Holy Spirit. Let him come to you. Let him come to you. As you wait in his presence, I feel like God is going to bring to mind specific fears for you that you know have held you back, that have stopped you saying yes to him, that have dominated your life. And as he does that, as the thoughts pop into your mind, just repent. Just repent for those thoughts. Don't fall into condemnation. There's no condemnation. There's just an opportunity as you repent to dislodge that rock that little bit more and to know the flow of the Spirit through you in a deeper way. So come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. We just break off fear all around this room now in the name of Jesus. We see you as an imposter and we pray, Holy Spirit, would you pour out your love into our hearts. Father, I thank you that your perfect love drives out fear. Let your love flood our hearts, God. Let your love flood our hearts, God. Let your love pour into our hearts in the name of Jesus. Receive his love. Receive his love. (laughs) Receive his love. Connect with him. Show him who you really are. More, Father. Just keep receiving. Whoa. Keep receiving. Thank you for what you're doing, Father. Thank you for what you're doing, Father. Just let him keep coming to you. We're not going to rush on. (laughs) Thank you, Father. Just keep receiving from him. I, I felt two things particularly this morning that God wanted to do. I just feel like there are some of you who could relate to my current journey of realizing actually the issue is not rejection from others the issue is my rejection of me (laughs) the issue is me not accepting all of who I am and I feel like Jesus just wants to bring freedom from that this morning so if that is you if you know that there's there's parts of you that you are rejecting there's some self-rejection that you are working through or God has just highlighted this morning can you just be brave do your 10 seconds of courage and stick your hand in the air Thank you, Father. Whoa. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. If there's someone near you with their hand in the air, could you, can we just be family together? Just stand with them. You don't need to do anything necessarily, but just make sure they know that you're there. 
And I just, I just want you just to pray the love of God into their hearts. Just pray the love of God into their hearts. We just speak over you. You are accepted in Christ. You have been chosen, called out, particularly called out to be in relationship with God. He chooses you. He chooses you. Just take a moment, guys, if, if you have responded, just take a moment to repent of rejecting yourself. Take a moment to repent of rejecting yourself. Say, Father, I repent for not accepting or receiving who you've made me to be. I ask that you'd forgive me. And then as you do, just receive his love. His love and his acceptance is going to come rushing into your heart and into your mind. Come, Holy Spirit. We rebuke self-rejection in the name of Jesus. Anything of the enemy, any self-hatred, any self-hatred, we command you in the name of Jesus to get off of people's lives right now. And we just command right now freedom in the name of Jesus. Self-rejection, get off of people's lives in Jesus' name right now. They are not rejected. They have been accepted by Jesus. And your truth trumps every other truth, God. And so right now, come, break in Holy Spirit. I pray for an end to self-rejection in the name of Jesus. That these men and women would come out of hiding and step into everything you've called them to. They wouldn't beat themselves up anymore or say negative things about themselves because they would know this is who I am in Christ. Root it out, Father. Root it out, Father, with your love. With your love. Just keep coming, Holy Spirit. Keep receiving from Him. He's doing good stuff around the room. Just keep letting Him come to you with His love. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. There's, there's one other group of people I'd love to pray for. And it's, it's those of you who know that um, God has given you a gift or there's a calling on your life, but that you know you're not yet stepping into it in all its fullness because you're choosing instead to hide, because you're afraid. And I feel like what Paul said over Timothy when he said, fan it into flame, is something God wants to do this morning. And so if that is you, you know that God has given you a gift or there's a calling on your life that you are not fully going for because of fear, I felt particularly God spoke about the prophetic gift and leadership, but it might be other things. I just want you to quickly come down the front. Quickly come out of your chair and come down the front. I think there's many of you. Come down the front and I feel like God is going to come and fan it into flame. He's going to come and breathe life on it. Keep coming. Keep coming. Come right up the front. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Keep coming if you're coming. If you're, if you're wondering, should I go or shouldn't I go, just come. Just come. Now, listen, if you've responded, there's no condemnation for you. There's just freedom. And what I want you to do, I just want you to take a moment with God and I want you just to quickly repent.
So Father, I, I repent for letting fear get in the way of what you've called me to and the gift you've put on my life. And I ask that you forgive me. I ask that you forgive me. And Father, right now, I want to choose to come out of hiding. I want to choose to come out of hiding. Take that 10 seconds of courage. And I don't know what it's going to look like and I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to trust you. Whoa. As you, as you repent, he is faithful and just to forgive you and to wash you from all unrighteousness. And right now, I just, with the authority that I have, I just want to speak to the gifts and the calling in your life, and I just want to say, be fanned into flame. Be fanned into flame in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come and breathe life on these gifts and these callings. Fan them into flame now in the name of Jesus. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to know how it's all going to work out. All God is looking for is your yes. Yes, God, I'm going to come out of hiding and trust you. Right now, we just speak to dormant gifts and calling, and we just speak to you right now, and we say, wake up. Come alive again. Let the life of the river of the Spirit flood through these men and women in a new way, in a, in a more powerful way, in a more effective way. Let your Spirit flood through them as they say yes to you and come out of hiding. More God. More God. More God. If you're not up the front, just keep enjoying God's love. Let his love continue to wash over you. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. We just pray right now, Father, that you would do everything in your heart to do. We just prophesy and declare freedom. Freedom. Freedom from the fear that would cause people to hide. Permission to be seen and heard. Permission to be seen and heard. Permission to be seen and heard. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. More, Father. More, Father. More, God. Whoa. I feel like God says you haven't missed it. You don't have to start from scratch. You can pick up where you left off. You don't have to start from scratch. You can pick up where you left off. Thank you, Father. Let gifts and callings flow. Let life flow through us as a church as we say yes to you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.